In our discussions today, we look at the value of arts and creativity to the economy, how small creative enterprises can contribute to the economic growth, where collaboration and partnership can come into play and elevate all parties concerned, and what the sector needs right now. All these questions are under today's theme, Rise, More Than a Side Hustle, The Vital Role of Art Businesses. And to help us unpack is Erica Alk, who's the Chief Executive Officer of the Craft and Design Institute Group, which comprises of CDI MPC and three for-profit entities, CDI Capital, CDI Connect, and CDI Creative. Erica was appointed in November 2001 to establish the Cape Craft and Design Institute. Following a provincial government research study, a visual artist by training, she has in a professional career worked as a writer, designer, and strategic project manager across a range of platforms in the arts, culture, and development arena. Our second panelist is Andile Dialvane, artist and co-owner of Imiso Ceramics. The gallery and design studio is based in Cape Town, South Africa. Collections are inspired by heritage, tradition and culture. And as a Jola clansman of the Amatkoza tribe in South Africa, he highlights cultural preservations, narratives and resources through his work. He graduated from the Nelson Mandela Metropolitan University in 2003 with a national diploma in ceramic design and in 1999 graduated from the Sivuyela Technical College with a national diploma in art and design. And our final panelist is founder and co-owner of Imiso Ceramics, Zizipo Poswa. She went on to study towards a national certificate in art and design in the Russell Road College, Port Elizabeth, and she also enrolled in the Nelson Mandela Metropolitan University for a national diploma in textile design and technology and graduated in 2010. Sisipo was awarded the market development accolade for achievement within the craft sector by the Cape Craft Design Institute and was a finalist of the In Women Tourism Awards hosted by the City of Cape Town in the Arts and Culture category. You're listening to a Bus Up podcast in partnership with Hollard, hosted by me, Sam Marshall. Okay, so today's conversation is really exciting because we've been having a series of conversations and looking at the title that we are engaging with today, it does feel to me like it's all connected. And we were talking about rebooting the the art industry and what needed to happen. And it also feels to me like this is an extension of that conversation. I think maybe before we get into the details of this topic, more than a side hustle, the vital role of art businesses, it would be very interesting to find out, Erica, from your side, um, how has the industry reacted to this very stressful um, social and economic downturn, this black swan moment that has really redefined industries, businesses, and even how we think about our businesses. So if you could share maybe just your insight. Thanks, Sam. So I think it's, you know, I'm often asked this question and it's, and it's very difficult to give a, a single answer because... There's no, there's no one, one answer um, because the sort of the, the, the experience of, of people, depending on kind of where they are in their, in their creative business journey, where they live, what resources they have access to, um, mm. whether it's like, you know, their kind of own personal sort of resources or their, their, their sort of networks, 
um, all of those have, have come you know, have come to play or have come to to impact on how people have been able to to respond. I mean, I think I think you know initially, I, I guess there was a, a sort of equality of response in that we were all it, it you know with the sort of sense that um, the taps literally turned off um, mm. of, from from people and their businesses. So where people had thriving um creative businesses and they were they were they were busy and um you know making and selling product to you know literally overnight that that just shutting down um and i think you know like sort of thinking back um to that time we all thought you know a six-week lockdown we'll get through it um and 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 we'll and we'll move on and then obviously as as time passed then it really is about well, how do how do I kind of reconfigure what who I am and what and what I do? So I think the people who've who've managed um, to pivot. I mean, I hate that word, but it really does describe what what people had to do. Was unfortunately those people um, who had the the resources um, to do so, and a lot of people. Um, you know, did the, did the obvious kind of went went online, found ways of of marketing um, themselves and their and their products online, um, drew on their 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 resources, um, and in fact, we've seen some amazing actually um, businesses kind of thriving and and really being able to take opportunity the, the, the kind of the the opportunities from the from the situation, and then others really just. Um, struggling, not knowing where the where the next penny is going to come from um, to keep them themselves and their and their families going. So it's a very kind of um, so I'm trying to think of a, of a of a phrase for it, but really mixed mixed bag um, kind of kind of response. Eric, as a follow up, the CDI and the kind of work that you do with creative people and businesses within the design sector at large. Have you seen the conversation evolve in terms of, um, you know, lockdown level one is a very different conversation to lockdown level three. And we, and it's a very different conversation with nearly 10 million people vaccinated and half of those fully vaccinated. Has the conversation evolved in terms of the role that you as a CEO in the organization has played? Are people more hopeless now than they were a, a year ago? Um, so I think, you know, like what, you know, what, we, what we focused on, so in the kind of, you know, as, as lockdown started, we literally I sent everybody home and said, um, here's a tutorial on Teams. Go, go, um, go do this tutorial because from now on, this is how we're going to be communicating for you know I don't know how long. Um, and and then and really then our focus was how do we how can we kind of turn our services and our offering um, to support to support the kind of thousands of of members of, of CDI and where, where they are accessing um, our support. So we invested, we started investing from 2016 in, in digital platforms. So we've got a um, Peak, which is a, which is a digital marketing platform. Um, and we had invested in building an, a kind of online learning platform. 
And we, you know, like within a couple of weeks, we were, we were doing kind of webinars for people and reaching out um, to people um, with, with contents that we, that would get people in a way to not dwell on the, on the, on the, the sort of negativity of the context, um, but to think about how do they get through it. Um, so we ran sort of series of, of masterclasses um, on, on, you know, how to, you know, how to survive the, the pandemic, um, getting people to think about, you know, social marketing of social media. So what are the tools that you have at your disposal that you can really use um, to, to get over the, the, the well, not, well, yeah, well, to deal with the crisis. Um, to you know, even things about how to manage your 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 money and your cash flow. Um, so we really and you know all the information around the sort of tours and the and the UIF and all of that kind of support just to give people access to information, but also to know that we were we we're here to help. So a lot of a lot of time on the phone actually, just talking to people on email. Um, and then I really think in terms of how the conversation has changed is the sort of awakening that the kind of social media, digital platforms, online engagements is, is part of a hybrid way forward. Um, so I don't, you know, we are very much a touch and feel um, kind of industry. And we, we never, go, I mean, also we're human beings. We need to see people. I mean, that's, I, think, I think that's the one thing that the pandemic has taught us is how important kind of human physical contact is. Um, so we're never going to not need that. But um, technology can be a real, a real aid and a real enabler. Um, of course, the, the sort of downside of that is, is, is people who are struggling with, um, you know, don't have data, the cost of data. So we've also got to think about that as an institution. How do we, if that's the driver, if the reality is people need to be digitally enabled, how can we help enable that? How can we make sure that people aren't um, excluded from, from processes and opportunities? Andile, let me bring you into this conversation, hearing what Erica says about how as an organization and as a person, they've she and the organization is reflected <laughs> on this last year in a bit, how is your business, and I know Zizi is your partner, we'll have a chat to her after this, but I just want to know how have you guys as a business and as leaders in your community, how have you evolved your business and, and how have you had to evolve? What was it like and what is it like now? Mm. Um, I think so. Yeah, so between Zizi and I, we'll be able to contribute. To this yeah. Concept. Yes. Um, yeah. It's. It's. I mean, since the pandemic started, it. It has. It has been interesting and a challenging one. But I think what how we managed to shift, and while things were shifting and changing, and there's all these uncertainties, is that we we had to adjust, and also because we had at that point we were in a position where we um, had to find a business mentor to start with as well. And with that, it, that helped us to basically pause and sit down and find direction as to how we can be able to adjust to the pandemic itself. Because at that point, at that time, when the pandemic started, the lockdown started, we had just moved into a space, a new space, and with the intention of 
um, expanding and exploring more of, 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 of our offerings, like the workshops that we wanted to run, to um, uh, 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 focusing on some of the bigger projects that we're going to be doing. So we had to, again, sit back and find how can we then within this pandemic and within this responsibility that we've just taken, how can we adjust to that? Meaning adjusting to the um, to the online setting, uh, on, online sort of um, offerings like the workshop where we had to do that. And, but also to be able to address the staff as to now this pandemic is affecting all of us and there's no uncertainties, so because we're all depending on on the on the business itself as well, so we had to be able to 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 to, to communicate how we feel and be honest about it, and put all the cards on the table so that everyone knows that we we actually have no idea what's going to happen, but we know that we would like to all work together to be able to um, to make this work and for all of us to survive it up until we know perhaps there's a way, you know, through the channel. Is it you have any we can mm. in, in this as well? Yeah. Hi, Marshall. Um, yeah, thinking back, um, it was such a shock. Um, and we were hoping that it's just for a short period of time. But it did feel like the tap has been closed, like Erica had said. Uh, and we had big plans. We had two major solo shows that were upcoming. Uh, we had just moved in, moved in into our new space. And um not to be able to access our studio was um, also a, a big uh, shock. We couldn't be able to create anything. But um, as things did um, move and change, uh, we had to adjust. And we had to, we actually did not have uh, invested, we had not invested in um, in a digital platform as yet in terms of e-commerce. And uh, we immediately needed to start and in, in invest in that. And it took time. So it didn't happen overnight. So we had to um, move at a, at a very fast pace. But uh, also we, we had a panic. We, we didn't know uh, what's next. And, um, but we, what, what kept us going was the fact that it was not just our problem. It was happening to everyone. And we had a mentor um, which uh, also was very helpful because we, we had to sit down and, and really plan forward and to negotiate with landlords um, uh, on the rental and to um, to negotiate and sit down and, and plan uh, the income, uh, the little that we had, how long it was going to sustain us for. Uh, so it really took us uh, time to really focus and look into the business uh, in, in, in yeah deeper than what we normally do. We've been fortunate to to have managed to be able to to launch our solo shows together, myself and Andile, and and that has actually um, brought in uh, good income to sustain our business during this time. And um, now we're making plans on what's next and uh, how far uh, this can sus sustain us. Uh, yeah, Andile, you can come in. Yes, I just wanted to mention highlight something here as well, which is very important in terms of I mean. The fact that we've been around since 2006 and CDI or CCDI at the time and CDI now, Erica, mm. we, we, they were very good, um, you know, um, assistant uh, as an institution to us as a business and which that mm. led us to be able to have the tools, the, 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 the readiness and access the market and platform us in terms of for us to be able to, to interact and get feedback from the clients and whatnot. And what that led us at that point in time and for any other institution that assisted us was that the business had to grow and grew faster because obviously we came in as a group 
and with all mm. different skill sets and whatnot. So what that also led us with that growing fast, uh, exposing ourselves and exporting into international. And then there was a recession, which that led us to also mm. pause and spit and, 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 and readjust and refocus our businesses to, okay, now that the recession has happened, we had all this stuff, meaning the, the, the personnel that we, we were we had employed and then the whole infrastructure that we had at that time, how do we downsize mm -hmm. by downsizing, meaning that we're not sort of compromising the focus of the business, of, of the ethos of who we are and why we do what we do. That was important in scaling and focusing on what it is that we're passionate about, what is it that will make an impact in a macro and more quality uh, um, as an impact, do you understand? So that already itself, somehow I would like to pay homage okay. in the sense that it had taught us, it had taught us something for us to be able to, to, to stand this moment right now that we're all going through as well. I, I thought I should highlight mm -hmm. that, it's important. You, you're totally right, Adili. I would like to add, even the drought itself uh, that we've experienced and the power cuts, they were kind of like preparing us for <laughs> this kind of experience. Erica, I love what both Zizi and um, Adili talks about because there are elements of getting a mentor to help you through this period. I must admit, this is the first time I've heard of, of that kind of intervention when COVID came. And that for me is quite interesting. The collaborative nature and understanding the power of collaborations. Maybe maybe a comment from you on that point. And, and also they credit you with some of the ability to be able to, to pivot so well during this period. I'm fascinated by the idea that a crisis comes and somebody finds a mentor to get them through a, the crisis. Is that maybe something that we overlooked during this crisis, Erica? So we, we ran, I mentioned it earlier, we... We um, ran a series of, of masterclasses, yes, yes, yes. so we, we kind of got, I'm going to have to dig in my brain to remember now, but, we, but it was sort of, you know, they were focused on getting through the crisis and, and the, the subjects ranged from kind of, you know, per, you know, personal leadership, you know, how to lead your organization through the crisis. Um, so also the, from the kind of personal element, right down to sort of managing your, your cash flow, you know, rethinking your marketing strategy. And, and with each of those um, masterclasses, we offered um, participants, because we, we, we had funding from the city of Cape Town and they let us actually, you know, re-engineer re a, pro a project that we were running. Um, they, they let us sort of change it to make it more appropriate for the, for the context. We then offered, you know, 10 people access to the um to the the person that the technical expert who was giving the webinar for one-on-one one-on-one -on -one, one -on -one sessions um and and surprisingly you know not you know, i mean we we people i thought you know people would be knocking down the door um to take up that opportunity um and and i think it's a very it is a very important um like points to get to in in your as a as a creative or as a as a kind of entrepreneur as a business owner to mm. accept that a you're not alone and b that you don't have all the skills and the and the and the knowledge and the expertise to run your business um, or or even your creative practice that you actually need um, a, a kind of community of of people around you. 
Um, and so maybe it's a level of, of maturity that we need to, we kind of get to, we need to get to. Um, th- that's about kind of accepting your own limitations, not as a, not as a mm. negative thing, but as a positive thing. So like I'm a great um, salesperson, but I'm really bad at maths or whatever. But being able to um, accept that as, a, as that's okay, I can, I can deal with that. But then how do I plug that gap? If the theme is rise more than a side hustle, the vital role of arts businesses, do you think, Erica, that we have uh, society as government, as stakeholders, um, various role players, do we see arts as a vital part of business? I know in Johannesburg, we often talk about the creative economy and we talk about it, but we talk about it um, and, and also, I must admit, it goes through stages. One year feels a little bit more serious than the other, and then another year, it's not even a conversation in any boardrooms I go into or even on news platforms. I, you know, to be honest, I don't think so. I mean, I think it is, it's, you know, it's definitely, you know, it's part of the conversation, it's part of the narrative that's woven about the importance of, of the arts. Um, but I don't think that's, and I'm talking about like the collective we, um, mm. and, um, and I think it's, you know, it's, it's government, it's private sector, it's the sector itself have really uh, kind of, in a way, have grappled and understand what, what is required. Um, and, and, I, and I'm, you know, the, the first point that comes to mind is that also because I think our focus often is really just on the creative side of, the creative economy and we don't think enough around the value chain um, of the of the creative economy and all the players that actually contribute to making a, a sector um, so the, obviously the creatives are the most important because they they're the people who, you know who, who create the content and are innovating um, and have that kind of unique talent that makes us South African um, but but every creative needs, I mean, even just a, a mentor, but the, the publicists, the, the kind of retail value chain, the, the, you know, the supply chain in terms of, of materials and resources, the infrastructure um, where, where artists and practitioners need access to space to perform, to rehearse, to produce, to make. Um, mm. You know, so it's like a whole approach to the creative economy. And I think that's where there's been, there's, there's, a, there's a major gap um, in terms of bringing all of those pieces together. Zizi, do you agree? Totally, totally. I think we're playing our part, um, uh, and myself, in terms of um, availing our space um, to allow, you know, the ones that don't have to be able to have access to the space and to have access to the, the materials. So we do share what we have to be able to change the situation. And you know, what is it about the industry at the moment uh, as a follow-up? And, and I, I welcome you to reflect on both Zizi and Erica's contribution when you respond to this question. But there was something very telling that Dr. Ishmael Mohammed, in my conversation with him, and Prof. Patikan Tuli echoed, I think to me as well from Bas, is that because of this disconnectedness and maybe the obsession with, with one aspect of the sector and not the value chain, as Eric is saying, that 
organizations like yourselves, they're almost left to do their own thing because there isn't enough proper and structured support. And there also seems to be those that are in power and have access to the purse strings are the wrong deployments within government. Do you share those kind of sentiments that you guys are almost left to your own devices to fix, sort out an industry or else if you had to wait, that bus would never come? Mm-hmm. Yes, so thanks, um, uh, Erica. You touched on, on, on also a lot of important points and I, I can't even begin to repeat that, but other than to say you, that's very true. And with that said as well, it's in, in agreeing with that and what the statement that you're just mentioning that it's one of those, the, 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 the points that you've made is the fact that the, the government institutions, for instance, they do deploy people that have no idea of what the, the creative economy or the creative arts is or the, the, the industry is about as well. They they just to hold the position. I'm going to make an example and without even mentioning name and time and whatnot, that at one point we had to travel outside the country with one of the delegates had to come with us, I guess, to oversee that the money they contributed to the um, the businesses or the individuals to exhibit in this particular place, um, you know, to see that it's being used, you know, in a in a in a main, in a way that it, it is. What then happened is that you you will find the conversations that they have within the works that is displayed in this space, and the question that they will ask, how much is this bowl? Is it? I mean, this 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 thing they don't even understand. Why this picture is on the wall? What is it about? Why is it cost so much? Why people would spend so much time? Then from there, after having those small conversations, they're off going to shop. That's all. So my point here is that there's no understanding or investment on wanting to understand what these people are doing, why the arts are important, why the creative industry is important, what it is that is doing, other than just bringing the, the money or having them to be able to travel to these places or, or other than to be able to... They don't understand the importance of what... The, the 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 creative are the bigger picture of why why we do what we do and in terms of um documenting the the and 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 and, and documenting what the country is about or, or innovating and creative design sort of like uh, systems that can aid the livelihood of people through the creativity so they don't understand any of these things as well and and it's a, it's a, it's, a, it's a problem At, up until i guess we as individuals the the, the artists or the, the institutions we, hence you say that we are, lived, we are left to fend for ourselves. And that's why we do what we do, uh, uh, collaborating with the, the likes of the CDI and other institutions that, that have an understanding, but the institution is only one entity and very small drop within this whole country, uh, within the governance. But they need to be able to understand and hear us as to how we would like them to assist us or how we would like them to change, basically, the top so that they pose, they have people that understand what this is about. They have a background of the creative industry, the, the arts itself, because they would know what it is that they need to do, what systems, what tools, and what um, initiative to be put in place in order for us to strive and also to make a, a better impact within the the, the, the the industry as well. So I'm hoping I'm, I'm making sense with what I'm saying. Yeah. Zizi, can I ask a, a straightforward question? What has the support been like? for a business like yours in the arts industry during this period? 
Well, we've been fortunate to uh, access the funding of um, Andile. Help me here. It's the we did access funding through uh, business partners. Um, besides that, yes, that was it, and it managed to carry us for a period of three to four months, and we had to, yeah. We had to hustle ourselves after that. Fortunately, we had some income came from uh, the solo shows that we did, and that's how we're surviving till now. Yeah. But I will say, are you are you referring are you referring to this time or previously as well? No, I like specifically this time because I I think mm -hmm. I want to ask Erica. Uh, 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 Erica mentioned that she was able to through obviously through the work of of the CDI. Um, get some funding from the Western Cape government. And I want to throw the question of partnerships at Anna. But I just wanted to get a sense from, from you guys. What was the support like? I mean, um, as Izzy mentioned that you got some funding from business partners and you were able to get some um, uh, money from uh, projects that you ran. But yeah. did you feel that you were supported during this process, this, this ongoing pandemic process? We, we've read the stories of artists, going after the ministry, questioning the role of business. Um, mm -hmm. We've seen programs like the Apps Atelier go online. And we've seen businesses pivot in a great way to help and support where they can. But I still got a sense that it was really also unfortunately, and at the end of the day, to Erica's point at the beginning, those that pivoted well, did incredibly well and had resources, and those that didn't uh, assume are probably living hand to mouth. So my question to somebody who's in who's, who's running a business was, what was the support structure like for you as an artist and as a as a business owner? So if I can answer then for now before Erica mm -hmm. because you know, just to add on what Zizi was saying is that yes, now if we're talking about this time, definitely. So we had the access to the business partners in terms of like so so we can obviously have to pay this back after after all as well but mm -hmm. i think what was important and fortunate for us again i guess again I, i'm going to speak about the maturity of how mm -hmm. have we been since we've been around since this time and and the the our profile and what we've done had allowed that we have these uh, galleries be it international or local like southern guild and film and Bender, as we are part of that it, mm -hmm. just in the cusp of, of, of the lockdown, we were underway of starting this project, which we somehow managed to pull them through during the lockdown itself. Mm -hmm. So with that, they we had had to negotiate and also because they were also changing, we had to negotiate and sit down and, and speak to them and say, okay, for us to realize this exhibition, you will need to find a certain amount of for the production. So what that did is that we had to spread that you know, uh, that amount in order for us to be able to produce and also to sustain the staff that will assist in so doing the rent, rental and whatnot. So that assisted very much. And having to negotiate ourselves with our bank that they need to reduce certain costs and whatnot because the pandemic is like that, but also to there, there was some access to certain loans so we can pay for our staff. And we had to match that as well. They, they were not giving us only so, so that access again, the mentor was very key here in able mm -hmm. to assist and guide us to make these decisions as well. So I'm highlighting the importance of this in terms of on mm -hmm. our own, we'll be pulling our head and throwing all the wares and the ceramics that we had because we're frustrated. But to have someone 
uh, as a team as well, because when I'm falling, Zizi is up. If I'm falling mm-hmm. on either way out, or if both of us were crashing, then we have a mentor who said, okay, hold on, let's regroup, let's align. Mm-hmm. What is it that is agent that is needed for you guys to be able to take to the next step? So those negotiations between landlords, between the banks, between them, you know, the, uh, getting the access to the, to the business partners and to the galleries that would want to associate and partner with us as well were very important. And I think that's how mm-hmm. we managed to pull and still going through as well at this point. Erica, the value of the correct partnership, and I want to talk about if this is a side hustle, how do you move forward? How do you, if you are in the sector at the moment, what do you need to do? How do you, you said you hated the word pivot, but how do you pivot? Um, but the value of partnerships, and I think you illustrated quite beautifully that the, the value of the correct partnership at the right time, Erica. Um, so actually, it's the city of Cape Town. I think I need to correct that. Oh, um, okay. um, um, so, so absolutely. And I mean, I, I think can I can I sort of segue a little bit into another into another point that I've been kind of wanting to make, which I think might yeah. answer your question. Um, is that I think that there's this there's this 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 idea i don't know maybe it's maybe i'm projecting and it's and it's it's not a, a, a kind of widely held view but that you know when you when you in a creative practice or in your business you kind of get to a point where you've arrived and everything's fine and perfect and um you know you're a great success and and off you go and you ride into the sunset and mm-hmm. i don't think that point ever comes so the i think i kind of i figured that out quite early on in the in the sort of days of the, of the cdi is that this idea of being sustainable is a constant process um you never you never reach a point where you where everything is completely fine and i think actually the pandemic um probably showed that to everybody that's you know with it with a tap um, switching off how where you think everything's good and 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 you're in a strong and, and healthy position how that can literally change overnight so I think the the process of also just of being of being a, a creative of running a business it's it's ongoing and I think that it's in that context that obviously then kind of partnerships and collaboration and then and the networks that you create and the the people that you work with are so important because it's a kind of ongoing life, lifelong journey. Um, it's kind of like, you know, don't burn any bridges because you never know when you're going to really need the help of somebody. Um, and I'm, I'm not, I'm not wanting that to come across as a sort of um, uh, opportunistic kind of way, but, but really, um, kind of work in a, in a way where you are engaging kind of respectfully um, with with people um, constantly. So I think that we've, if, if I think about our relationship with, with our funders, the city of Cape Town, even the Department of Small Business Development and the Department of Arts and Culture, however frustrating they are, we've built relationships with those, with the officials and with those departments over 20 years. Um, so that when a crisis hits, like it did last year, we could have a conversation um, and say the project that you know we had we had previously agreed to isn't going to work in this environment. How can we reconfigure it to meet the needs now? Yeah, I hope that answered the question in a roundabout way. 
No, no, no. You've answered it perfectly, um, which actually leads me to my follow-up question because with – and just going back to your initial points of you, the use of technology in actual fact, to your point right at the beginning that technology in actual fact, if I read between the lines, wasn't a new thing for you guys. You've already moved online in many aspects. So when the pandemic came, all you really had to do was step up those those tech interventions. Do you believe now, I mean, a year and a bit later, do you believe now that this is the perfect opportunity to overhaul and deconstruct and rebuild the industry so that more artists have access, number one. Number two, that it also gives artists autonomy over what they've created and how they share it. And number three, that it lowers the barrier. So the traditional idea that you needed a gallery and if the gallery rejected you, your world was over, that all of those old traditionalistic ideas are out of the window. Um, it's absolutely a perfect opportunity. I mean, I, th I think what you've said is, is completely correct, is that you can, you, know, you can sell off Instagram, you can sell off Facebook, um, even of WhatsApp, I mean, you know, the artists can put themselves um, directly into the into the marketplace, um, which, which, um, you know, as long as they have the the, the means and the, and the, the the kind of skill and the confidence and then the access to the, the hardware and the software and the data or whatever, it it in a way is it does transform the way people can have access to markets which then does also talk to what then is the role of the public sector and, and the private sector in enabling that. So I think you're absolutely right. It's an opportunity to rethink um, how support is given. Um, and, and on that, I mean, I also just wanted to say, I mean, in, in addition to the, the points and delays Izzy were making around this, the sort of the shortcomings of public sector support, I think the biggest shortcomings for me is around the longer, a longer term vision and longer term planning and longer term commitments. We, we suffer mm -hmm. I think, from short termism in, in South Africa. So everything is about, you know, it's about the annual plan. Um, and by the time the annual plan gets implemented, we're kind of halfway into the year and you land up having to rush um, implementation. But if we could have three or five year plans, um, that where there, where there was commitment, there was consistency. Um, you you knew what you were you were you trying to do, what your what your outcomes are. You know who you've got to work with. Um, then also you can deal with those shortcomings in terms of officials who may not have the 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 the, um, the requisite skills or the training because. You, again, you're working with people over a longer period of time. Erica, you're a leader in this space. You run a successful organization that has been able to scale itself up considerably. You're a leader. You're mm -hmm. saying that there's a, there's a, there's a shortcoming here, that long-term planning is, is a problem. But what kind of conversations are you having around the table with other leaders? Have you guys acknowledged that it's a problem? And if you've acknowledged it's a problem, what are you guys doing about it? Well, um, I suppose it's it's a yeah it's a conversation we're always having um, to to some extent um, 
I, I want to say we're, we're kind of like a little bit disempowered because we're not, we're not holding the levers of power. Um, but on the other hand, there is actually a master planning process that is being driven um, by the Department of Small Business Development with arts and culture um, and a range of uh, and DTIC, a range of, of other departments. And the idea behind that is that it actually is a long-term, um, in theory, it's a long-term plan that will guide implementation. Um, I'm, you know, participating in that in that process, um, but I've been in this game for 20 years. Um, and so I participate kind of enthusiastically, and but with, I guess, a little bit of, wariness about it, you know is this going to be the, the the plan that actually is going to get implemented or is just this another plan that um is going to get pushed aside by some other priority Adile, the quality of partnerships uh, was a point but for me as a business do you and also as a as an artist as a world-winning artist do you guys see the ability or the use of technology now as a way to level the playing field? Uh, Zizi, you are joining, but um, I'm going to be brief on that by saying um, technology definitely is a way to go, uh, but not fully depend on it, as we are very tactile and physical uh, um, and industry as well. And the energy of interacting you mentioned this i think before we spoke i think erica interacting with people themselves and the relationships that one builds with people not the screens are very key as well so yes technology is and we have adapted and used it to our advantage and which we saw for instance i'm going to make an example i've mentioned earlier that when we moved into this new space the intention was to have physical workshops specialized workshops where we will host people and have our colleagues as well to be able to host by creating the platform in that sense. But pandemic happened, that led us to be able to learn how to use these platform, the, the virtual platform to be able to conduct these workshops, which was a, a quite a bit of an adjustment because we worked with hands and people and feed from the energy of the people physically that you interact with. But then what that led us, which was a beautiful opportunity is that we were not only communicating or, or, or reaching out to only the people that are here with us. We were able to run these workshops to people all over the world, depending on no matter what time zone there was. So meaning that we were able to reach out to wider network. So that was a beautiful thing to understand and to learn. But also in that sense, the skill set that we managed to acquire and, and learn during that time being able to photograph these documents, these, these, these workshops, so possibly can, they can be available for people later. So that was something. And so I would say, yes, definitely, uh, technology is something that um, we have adapted to, even for us to be able to sell our work through, as Erica mentioned, the WhatsApp, um, uh, social medias like so Facebook and, and Instagram. But what's important there is, is being able to have the resources like the data, the tools to be able to photograph your product very well in order for people to, they can be able to see them, appealing them, and you communicating straight and directly as to these are for sale and this is how you can get to them as well. So all of those things I think are important to be able to, yes, know you have access to a technology and it can aid you to be able to um, uh, 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 access and sell your product and move your product as well. But you need to have these tools and do it in the right way as well. 
without jeopardizing your yourself and be able to communicate that thoroughly through that 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 platform as well i want to play a little bit the devil's advocate the theme of this topic i mean we can discuss this till the cows come home but we're talking about art years more than a side hustle and it isn't really a fair conversation in the terms of erica and yourself and zizi's experience because you're well past that not not only in your terms of your years but the existence of the businesses mm. isn't a horrible thing to say that if you have not by now pivoted if you've not by now got the mentors or you know of the cdi or the various programs similar to it um if you have no thought about how to make your business work because we know there's a fourth wave coming we don't know how long the pandemic will be with us it might be with us another year another two years another three years if you have not pivoted by now if you've mm-hmm. not thought about moving this business from wherever it was to Erica's point there's obviously different levels if you've not mm-hmm. thought about that and if you don't have the data understanding and that that it might be too late or am i being too pessimistic andile it's never too late no uh, it, you, you, i think agreeing with with Erica it's, it's definitely never too late and i think as creative people we will always need creativity and innovation and content content is always needed in the sense that everything that we do everything that is happening outside the business or the life just generally is happening is a content is a a a content for a creativity creative creative person or a designer or anyone who's innovative um to be able to express and share that and there's always a need for someone to buy into that 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 that, that content so there are people that needs to be able to do that so for in our for instance in our case the 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 our patrons they buy into um our legacy and the brand you know and the value that it brings it itself and the stories that we bring and in the, the heritage and the story that we bring itself you know so um i think for for us that's that's where that's where i'm at and i think at the end of the day is that having been around as you mentioned like for this for this long all the mistakes that we've what that we've made and 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 we they've taught us something and that's that's very important is that whatever mistake that you make it's 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 not a shame but it's important to learn from it and knowing that you don't know everything i think erica even touched on this you don't know everything so the partnership the relationship that you build the you know all the connection and the network that you want build that also uh, are taught to be able to reach out to that you say i don't know everything so can i go to the other industry uh, partners or or, or 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 colleagues how do you go about it or can we put our heads together and see how we can forge this going forward and there's a there's a important ways and 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 attributes for one to be able to have so that's innovation that's thinking and so there's a problem how can we solve it yeah so i i i, I love that you guys are, are incredibly decent human beings um by saying it's never too late but we live in the real world and i erica want to ask this question so it might not be too late but if you haven't jumped on the bandwagon what bridge are you going to have to walk surely it would have been or let me let me structure it this way is it easier now to cross that bridge than it was a year ago i would i would say actually yes um, i mean i'm going to use the, the the kind of technology as the as the enabler i mean taking into account the 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 challenges of it but 
um, I think even just for us, you know, we're a, we're a national organization, but we're kind of based in, in, in Cape Town. So pre-pandemic, we were, you know, a lot of the time we were kind of restricted by our geography. This, in this last 18 months, we've been able to reach into the far corners of the, of the country um, and have thought about, you know, how do we partner with, with um, kind of local organizations or local facilitators and get, you know, get people into a room and share content with them. Um, so it's also, it's enabled actually um, um, greater access if you, if you think creatively about it. Um, and I, I mean, I kind of want to touch on what Andile said, because I think that, that that's the sort of creative process, A, it draws on, on everything. So it draws on, it draws on the, the bad stuff and the hard stuff um, and your kind of history and experience and everything that you're dealing with. Um, that is kind of, you know, it's, it's part of the, or you need that actually for creative process. And also a creative process needs kind of ironically limitation. Um, you know, that every, if you think about design briefs, design briefs come with a limitation. Um, and, and often that's what sparks creativity. So I, I suppose that's where I'm also coming from by saying that it's, it's, it's never too late because you're bringing every, your whole kind of past and your history and your experience with you. And then it's about deciding, you know, what am I going to do with that? And what are the next steps that um, I need to take going forward? Um, maybe it's also comes back to the point I was making about, you know, the sort of sustainability question, but this is a journey. It's an ongoing journey that you're going through. So if you start uh, now or you started six months ago, it's still the journey that you, that you are on. Yeah, you a quick question, Erica, just as a follow-up, and I, I want to throw to Andile and, and Zizi as well. Um, what new opportunities currently exist? I know it's a pretty vague uh, question, but or should I ask, are there new opportunities within this industry? Um, so I think the biggest opportunity staring us in the face, which has also been my sort of constant frustration, is actually our local market opportunity. Um, so, and I'm sure Zizi um, and Andile can speak about this as well, is that I... I don't think we have cracked the, the local market and sort of local appreciation for our creative content. And I'm talking across the board. Um, and, and I think in a way what the, the pandemic has sort of shifted um, and we hope it lasts sort of people's perception about actually supporting local. So I think the, the kind of present opportunity that, that awaits is tapping into that. Is that, is that people, you know, it's kind of happened, I guess, with more sort of with food and, and other small businesses. But if we can get kind of South Africans to say, how do we support our local creatives? How do we buy um, products or, you know, pay for music, um, go, to, go to performances, whether they're online or, or, or live? That this, that this really is the opportunity, I think for a major, major campaign um, to drive South Africans to buy, to buy local creative content. Um, and then I think related to that is, and this might be more in the sort of craft and design in, environment, but not, not necessarily, 
is where are the opportunities for big procurement? The public sector is one of the biggest, you know, procurers of goods and services in South Africa. Um, but we also have our major retail chains. So how are they um, opening up to, to um, buying um, products and, and services um, from, from the creative sector? I think that is an opportunity that, that is opening up, but I think also it's a window that might close when, when things start to sort of normalize again. Um, so I think for, for the creative sector, that's, this, is, this is an opportunity. We've got to figure out how do we tap into and I, and I love those two examples. Adile, new opportunities yeah. that you think have emerged? So yes, there are opportunities that, I, 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 uh, that, that we see. For instance, creating um, content, you know, you need people that will be able to photograph, you know, you know uh, this, the, the project products themselves as well so so that they can create digital content so there's people needed for that and i'm saying this because during this lockdown where we had to create that content i had to be the photographer which i'm definitely not and i cannot sort of put my, my setup skills to that and i had to you know create content and video but what that means is that there are opportunities for people to be able to do that and that can basically like find that gap and that's i think that's important and the other important part is that so the within like what what um, Erica has mentioned in terms of like the private sector be able to able to procure the the products that we have and that's very important because what the creative industry is doing is creating solutions and making projects products that people need to surround themselves with so that's important and then we 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 need basically be able to move products so if you, someone wants to buy a product so there's a lot of people moving things like from one point to another point so logistically that is an opportunity that has been happening because people are ordering a lot online and be able to able to manage those websites that are people trying to sell to and moving product to another uh, another point so i think there is a, there's a lot of opportunities i mean these are just a few i'm mentioning as well mm -hmm. but yeah that's all i can mention final 30 seconds quickly erica from you what does the sector need most right now? Your final thoughts. Can I have 30 seconds to think about that? <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's, I'm sure there's so many line items that are critical, but just as a, as a leader in the space, just even if you mention one. Can I, can I use the phrase, just do it? Yes, you can. <laughs> <laughs> so I think, I think, if, if you've got an idea, if, you, if there's an opportunity, um, if you have a wish, if you have a desire, just take the first step. And I think that, that relates everywhere. It relates to us, it relates to individual creatives, it relates to the officials in the public sector. Um, we just have to take the next step and have a vision about where we're going to. Yes. Thank you. Andile? And then... Um, on my side, Erica, you're right. And then there's a, there's a thing that I've always been living by and I've been sort of at some point labeled as they said, I'm a chameleon. And what that means, which I, I sort of took that to heart because you adapt. So whatever environment that you're in, you adapt. And every step that you take leads you to a different environment, which you will need to adapt to that environment so you can survive. And that's very important. So and with every um, environment that you, you find yourself in as we are now, 
So you need all these various skills, which some of them will not be able to possess, but those collaboration and those networks that you have will be able to see you through that, knowing that you're not alone. And that's me. Guys, thank you very much for your time and your beautiful insights. And I'm hoping that somebody, whoever listens to this, takes to heart what you're saying because it's so practical and it's almost so simple that I I think you might have just given a lot of people some answers. So thank you very much.